Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. This week, I want to focus on the second reading, which comes from the book of the Revelation. Now, Revelation is the last book in the Bible. And like many reading novels, we become excited, especially after reading a long novel, we become excited as we near the end. We want to know if the story ends in a happy ending or maybe a sad ending or it's a tragedy. And so we become excited at the end. Well, the book of Revelation is the end of the Bible. Now, what we have to realize, first and foremost, the Bible is a collection of various texts or stories varying from different periods of time. The Old Testament, the New Testament, together they span thousands of years. Well, the Bible is also written by different authors the prophets, the apostles, the disciples of Jesus. More to it, the Bible was written for different audiences. The prophets address the Israelite nation. The apostles, Peter, James, and John, they all wrote to our early Christian church. The gospel writers wrote to the apostles themselves so they would not forget any of Jesus's actions or his teachings. Nonetheless, the Bible is one book. It's told to us by one author, God. That's why the Bible is described as the Word of God. Every time we celebrate Mass, when we read the readings, we always end the readings by the Word of the Lord. So we recognize the Bible is authored by God in God alone. Now, we may read from the book of the prophet Isaiah or Ezekiel or Jeremiah. We may read from St. Paul's epistles or from St. Peter, but they are all inspired by the Holy Spirit, by God. And therefore, the author of the Bible is God. Now, the Bible is a great story told to us by God from the very beginning from creation and the fall of Adam and Eve, the fall from grace, it continues with the formation of God's people, the Israelite nation. And finally, it reaches its apex, its climax, in which God himself, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, comes into this world. He lives our life, dies our death, and then rises to new life. So it begs the question, how does this great story of salvation end? How does it wrap up? Well, that's what Revelation does. It gives us the answers to that. That's why I want to focus on the book of Revelation this weekend. Now, whether we've noticed it or not, throughout all five weeks of this Easter season, we have been reading from the book of Revelation. Now, 
Revelation is probably one of the most popular books we will find in the Bible. And why not? The images that it contains are very intriguing. For example, the four apocalyptic horsemen, the seven seals that are open, the trumpets that sound and fire rains down after them. These images are very fascinating, aren't they? It's only natural that they would attract people. Another reason why the book of Revelation is popular is because people think, they think that this book contains the prophecy of when the world will end. More to it, the coming signs that will come before the world ends so that we will know when this will take place. And why not? Revelation is the last book. It truly contains God's last words for us. Now, we have to be very careful on how we read the book of Revelation. Revelation, remember, just a few years ago, inspired a lot of interest. It became a source of intense scrutiny. How so? Well, about 10, 12 years ago, as we were lingering on the turn of the 20th century into the 21st century, we remember the Y2K fear or the phenomenon in which many people feared that all of our computers were not able to make the jump or the transition from January 1st, 2000. The fear was all the computers would suddenly stop. There would be anarchy throughout the entire world, and therefore it would begin the end of the world. Now, what spawned this is that Left Behind series that you may remember. Maybe some of you have read the books from this series. It was a series of books that focuses on the end of the world and even the rapture. Consequently, these series of books irresponsibly took a series of excerpts or quotes from the book of Revelation in order to back up its prophecy of the end of the world. And therefore, these series of books even though they sold millions and millions of copies, they became a source of great speculation as what would really happen at the end of our world. But what did it really do? It just helped to feed into the people's fears of this event. And so, what I want to do is I want to take advantage of this opportunity that we have to focus squarely on the book of Revelation this weekend. Now, first and foremost, Revelation itself comes from the Greek word apocalopsio, which means to unveil. Revelation in Latin is revelation, which means to reveal. Therefore, the first thing that we can take from the book of Revelation, that it is going to unveil the deepest truths about God, his kingdom in this world, and how we are a part of it. It's going to reveal that Jesus Christ truly is Lord, that his kingship is described in terms of lasting in the past, the present, and the future. And why not? Remember, Jesus often referred to himself as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. There was never a time in which God never existed. And the message, not just from the book of Revelation, but from the entire Bible is the same. And it is relevant for us today and in the future. A second thing that we can take from the book of Revelation is that we shouldn't read it as a prediction to the end of the world. 
It doesn't contain that, nor does it contain the events that will precede the end of the world so that we may know that it's coming. So it begs the question, how do we read the book of Revelation? Well, we read it the way the early Christians in the first century read it. They read Revelation through the lens of Jesus' death and resurrection. Through Jesus' resurrection, they saw God's judgment upon the world. Now, when we hear that word judgment, it sounds harsh. But what does it really mean? It doesn't, doesn't mean that God has fallen into some emotional snit, that he's angry. Now he's going to let us have it. No, God does not operate that way. Instead, judgment means God's passionate desire to set all things right. If we look from the very beginning of the Bible to the very end, God works passionately to make a world that has now befallen because of sin, to make it right in a right relationship with him. He works to transform it back into a world of grace in which before the fall, it says that God walked with Adam in easy fellowship in the garden. See, that's what God wants from us. That's what he works tirelessly for throughout the entire Bible. Now, with that in mind, we can go back into the book of Revelation for this weekend. How does it begin? Then I, John, saw a new heaven and a new earth. The former heaven and the former earth had passed away. Now, if we were to take that literally, yes, we would say it basically predicts the end of the world. But realize John wrote this in the first century. And as I am speaking, I am in the 21st century. So that tells you right there, the world hasn't ended. Therefore, we cannot take this figuratively. We have to read this as the early church fathers read this. Again, they saw the world, yes, passing away. But after the resurrection, the old world, more importantly, the old forces that once governed us, which were what? Sickness, fear, hatred, prejudice, sin, and death. They had the final say over us. And yet, the early Christians saw through the resurrection of Christ, those things no longer governed us. Notice what John says next. I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming out of heaven from God. Well, a new world order was being ushered into this world. And the early Christians saw it. They saw it again through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now our lives are ordered to Christ. Our lives are governed by God's love and his grace and above all, his mercy. And remember, God's mercy is love that is eager to forgive. More to it, our lives are now joined with God. We share in a life with God. And this is what John is getting at when he says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, God's dwelling is with the human race. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will always be with them as their God. Well, God dwells with us forever, doesn't he? Remember last week's readings in which we recognize that baptism is the second greatest event? In that event, we are taken possession of by God. And as Jesus says in the gospel, 
We now are in God's hands and no one at all shall take us out of his hands. That's why we now share in a life with God. More to it, God also exists in the sacraments, in the Eucharist, in the life of this church. Our identity is now founded in our life with God. And it's a life that is permanent and exists forever. One last thing. John says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death or mourning or wailing or pain, for the old order has passed away. Well, that's true. In the ancient world, people wept because death was permanent. Funerals in the ancient world basically went on for several days. People wept uncontrollably. Why? Because they truly believed that death had the final say over us. There was nothing after death. We would never see that loved one again. And yet, what's the prophecy here? This is no longer. That's why John says every tear will be wiped away. Which means what? The sadness of death gives way to the bright promise of immortality for all of us. Such that what? Our life is changed, not ended. When we face death, we gain an everlasting dwelling place in heaven. And my friends, that is truly the happy ending. Not just for the book of Revelation, but for the entire Bible. See, what we have to realize, the entire Bible is about God's pursuit of us in order to restore us in right relationship as it had existed before the fall of grace. And therefore, at the end of the Bible, it does happen. We essentially are destined for an eternal life with God in heaven, with all the saints and the angels, and with our ancestors. And that, my friends, is a very happy ending for us all. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.